Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Comic Book Club. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And we're coming to you live from a couple of places on the internet. We are live on Facebook. We're live on YouTube. We're live on Twitch. We're live on Twitter. Maybe we're live on Crowdcast still. Who even knows? Or maybe you're listening to us later on Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's all good all together now in the hood. And uh, I say that every episode. That's a you do. That's your that catchphrase. I... I get my podcast by having my gas station attendant just sort of mumble them to me while I'm getting filled up. Oh, nice. Very cool. Is that uh, the right answer? That's yeah. the way we're supposed to do it. Yeah, you're just sort of you you whisper it into a shell at night and you throw it into the ocean. And if it comes back, it's a podcast. Man. It was meant to be. <laughs> if it comes back. But then you, someone else finds it and puts the shell up to a microphone. And that's how. A podcast is made. Pete, your opinions on this? Over to you. I just wanted to say, I think that you have a great mad scientist look going. And uh, I just, yeah, you, I think, you know, it's just like, is that a, is that a uh, long way of saying I need a haircut? Because I I do. (laughs) Well, I just, you know, that, or just shock yourself and your hair just straightens right up. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's working for you and I love it. 88 gigawatts. He definitely doesn't say 88. It's (laughs) 1.21 gigawatts. 88 miles per hour. hour. Yeah. Yeah. You would be horrible back in time. I only. (laughs) Otherwise, you die. Otherwise, yeah, you're stuck there. You're landing. 88 gigawatts. (laughs) That feels like two. If it's 1.21. 88 gigawatts is a little unreachable, even in the future. Also, is gigawatts electricity? I really, this whole bed, I'm. Um, I think or you mean the bit of the Back to the Future movie franchise? It's not a yeah. bit. That's a reality that I still live by. <laughs> well, listen, we have two amazing guests this evening. Yay! So we don't waste too much time bringing them in. Our first one is a returning guest to the show. He has a new book coming out tomorrow. Archie Comics book introducing Archie's super mecha teens. Ladies and yeah. gentlemen, Daniel Kibblesmith. Hello, Daniel. Welcome hey, back to the show. Whoa, hello. Thank you for having me. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for you. beaming in from Los Angeles, your new home. We appreciate it. I hope you haven't gone to Hollywood for us. I, I'm so Hollywood uh, right now. <laughs> I, just those I, arch those arch doorways behind you just yeah, scream. Really, I'm very I know, outside. right? This is, this is that Airbnb life. This yeah, is, nice. Is, nice. Highly, highly right. Here's here's how Hollywood I've gone. Uh, I have a a lamp shaped like the state of California. <laughs> wow, that is, is Hollywood. That's how you know that I'm staying in a place designed for tourists because only a psycho would have that in their own home. <laughs> an, actual, an actual resident. Um, now, I now love the state that we live in. Much? <laughs> I do. Uh, hilarious. 
That's why my floor is made out of New York pizza. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It just oh, always smart. Yeah, reminds I me. insist my family wear the I Love New York, the new one, uh, T-shirts around the house yeah. just to show. What, what oh, we and well, There's a Hart. new one? Yeah. yeah. There's, there's a new one. one. It's way worse. Anatomically <laughs> correct? Like, I don't know how you improve on that. It's, uh, it's, it's like they, they – this is very nerdy, but like they changed the kerning a little bit. So it looks like oh, it sure. says we NYC heart instead of we heart NYC, like the heart oh. is outside of it. That's a and, true disaster. And I've been trying, <laughs> this is a very, I feel like I, I feel comfortable talking about this on here because this is a very dumb bit that I'm probably never going to do, but like they have all these ads running out to support the uh, ad campaign, which are all like, these different slogans that they keep running, rolling out. I didn't find it on my phone, but uh, I was going to say, you want to drop some, a graphic treatment that you've been working on on this podcast? No, no, no. So I have all these ads and they're running on like subway ads and stuff, but so quickly I haven't been able to take pictures of them. So it's way too late on this bit, but the whole ad campaign is like, um, we never overpay for a slice of pizza and then it goes to we nyc heart except it's supposed to be we love nyc sure like it's all we this, like, all these things. stuff yeah but it's yeah. this very weird like stark gothic white on white font on this black background and every time i see it like i keep Yorker. thinking that it makes sense if you add eddie at the end and say it in a venom voice <laughs> So, <laughs> if anybody sees it out there, try that. I haven't been able to take. The we never stop walking at the top of the subway stairs, Eddie. One hundred percent. Well done. Well done. That's the first sir. time I've tried that. I think that. Well, I think you killed it. That's good. That's good. Multiple. Give myself a solid B plus on that. One. <laughs> See, that's that California lamp, uh, just beaming that's LA right. energy. That's right. That's That's me going Hollywood. I'm a professional venom impersonator now. <laughs> well, listen. Let's Boulevard. go. B plus to perform into an A plus performance on your new Archie. Hey! Okay. Uh, so this is very fun. This is to set this up a little bit coming out tomorrow. This is classic style Archie comics characters, but it's them driving Becca's. It has anime infused ideas in it. It is very fun. And it's very silly and very goofy and very enjoyable at the same time. Uh, how, how did this come about? Did you approach them? You're like, I got to do Archie and Mecca's. Did they yeah, come that- <laughs> What was the genesis? Uh, it well, like I mean, like basically my entire career, Twitter had something to do with it. But, um, <laughs> I I met um, uh, you know now editor in chief Mike at uh, Free Comic Book Day in 2018, I think. And at the time, I hadn't done anything Archie uh, related or approached them, but I knew that they had in the past had the Mega Man license. And I showed him the um, here. I think I for the the viewers uh, uh, live, uh, the listeners at home. I'm oh my, nice. This is my bootleg eight bit Iceman uh, phone yes. case. Dude, that uh, is awesome. Thank you. Uh, that is illegal to make and own and sell, uh, but I do <laughs> have one. <laughs> and at the time, I had a licensed. I had the Iceman uh, sprite as my keychain. I showed it to Mike. And I said, "I want to do. I want to do something uh, Mega Man." Uh, and Ryan, uh, our now uh, artist uh, on this, is also like a, a huge Mega Man fan. So, you know, fingers crossed for that happening one day. But what, uh, what actually happened was I don't think they had the license anymore, but now we were on each other's radar. And I tweeted at some point how badly I wanted to do Archie meets Pacific Rim. Nice. And I even mentioned... <laughs> I even mentioned some of like the mecha names that we ended up using in this in this story because at that time I didn't really have a full I didn't really have a full understanding of like how big and 
flexible the Archie universe could be, but I knew that they were doing these licensed tie-ins like Archie and Predator and Archie and Sharknado and these things where you could kind of play with the the characters in the house style still being in like a genre situation or even like a gory and dangerous situation. So I pitched that first. And then in the intervening time, we did the uh, Archie, classic Archie meets Riverdale crossover. Yes. Which was this crazy long gestating COVID project uh, that's, you know, still out now. I would love it if, if people tracked it down, especially if you're a Riverdale fun. fan and you yeah. don't read a lot of Archie. Um, yeah, we're really, really proud of it. Uh, and then especially since the show Riverdale has sort of is doing that also like right. they have come around to your comic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and that just really speaks to like the word malleability comes up every time I talk Archie. Yeah, because that's it. I mean, there's a, there's a handful of characters. Uh, sorry, you might hear a garbage truck backing up right now. There's wow, a handful an LA of garbage truck. Wow, that's wow. Nice. Wow. it's so Hollywood. It's being driven by Keanu Reeves. Whoa, <laughs> look out! He's everywhere. He's so nice. He loves <laughs> his day he's, job. He's a down to earth everyman. <laughs> uh, so we we always talk about how you can plug them into anything. You know, the same way you can have Dark Knight Returns and Batman sixty six. Like there are these characters. That can they can go to space? They can meet Santa Claus. Uh, they can do they can do anything. And one of the things they can do is a mecha anime without it necessarily having to be the Pacific Rim license. When we finally got around to this idea, um, the way it was kind of pitched back to me was that this could just yeah. you know like the like the Archie Super Teens. Uh, yeah. This could just be something that they that they do in their own, their own little spinoff universe uh, that would give us a lot of flexibility, not to riff on one existing license, but to take all of our influences. And Ryan in particular is such a fan and uh, devotee of, of this stuff um, to create a Archie universe. We could come back to the same way you can come back to the super teens uh, stuff and come back to, you know, the time police stuff. Yeah. So well, just to just to okay. recap real quick, you'd say um, all artists should jump on Twitter, a fertile uh, uh, space ready to wa welcome any artist. I would say best idea. Idea. now more than ever. Uh, <laughs> it is. And second, to... especially yeah. the, the dogs listen. It's like I would call it what I always call it is uh, the Internet's town square. You know, like that's a phrase <laughs> that I use. Right. That's really it. smart. You should print that on your phone, case, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Daniel, I feel like there is a, an easy way to do this and sort of a harder way to do this. Easy way, you sort of just uh, mech it up, have them fight uh, some sort of like a Reggie or a Weatherby or something like that. But you actually map all of the relationships onto sort of the story that you're telling. Can you sort of walk us through that a little bit? Because I, I loved that part. It really elevated the story. Well, thank you. I mean, a part of this is that I keep getting these gigs that are like five page, 10 page yeah. stories. And they're, they're a lot harder in some ways because you need to make everything feel really lived in. And by virtue of making everything feel really lived in, especially for introducing kind of like a new, you know, multiversal sort of concept, they all end up to me feeling like backdoor pilots. Like I'm certainly writing them like backdoor pilots. So the relationships with Archie, it's really doable because you have these shorthands that are uh, originating from, you know, the, the Archie relationships that people kind of have in their head already. 
and this is something that I talk about anytime I talk about writing comics is that I think that in some ways it's a lot easier to write IP comics because uh, the characters are so well-rounded and I've lived with them so long. And, you know, I, I did something like Black Panther versus Deadpool. And there was never a moment where I didn't know what those two guys would do in a room together. Right. Yeah. I know who they are. And everybody knows who Betty and Archie and Veronica and Jughead are. They all, I mean, virtually everyone who exists in some familiarity with pop culture has a working understanding of those relationships. <laughs> so the fun, the fun here then was, was like, okay, you know, how does, how does that bounce off of the genre tropes? Like, uh, I, I think anyone who reads this will recognize that it is primarily uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion inspired, <laughs> despite uh, originating with, with Pacific Rim. And um, visually, uh, Ryan has also injected like tons and tons of, of different Easter eggs because his knowledge of this stuff is encyclopedic. Um, but my sort of primary, you know, my, my North star on this was, was Neon Genesis. And I just looked for the places where they overlapped. You know, I looked for the places where if you plug this into this, does that, does that generate electricity? And the thing that Archie and Neon Genesis Evangelion have in common, like the big screaming flashing light theme that they both share is uh, indecision paralysis. <laughs> so that is what this, that is what this story is, is about. Archie has spent Ar you know, virtually a hundred years trying to make one decision. Yeah. It's his superpower at the end of the day is his inability to make any decision <laughs> and somehow putting, juggle. Putting off commitments. Yeah. <laughs> were there any characters in particular that were harder to map? Ones that were didn't quite work or didn't fit in? Uh, Reggie's not in this. And that okay. is, if there was a sequel, it would be very Reggie-focused. <laughs> because Reggie is my favorite. And I oh. just couldn't, I couldn't quite figure, like I said, this is this is a shorter story. And I just couldn't figure out how to put him in because right now, if there is somebody sort of serving that role, it's, it's Jason Blossom. You know, there's already kind mm. of like a kind of a blowhard and, you know, like one of my favorite movies of all time, the incredibly underrated uh, Pacific Rim from Academy, <laughs> Academy Award winning director of Blade 2. Uh, Guillermo del Toro. Uh, <laughs> Just trying to uh, chart my path through your conversation here. It's, a little it's all tricky. there. It's, it's all there. Yeah, it's, it's like a double black diamond. <laughs> Here's what I was. It's an ocean, not a spider web. You can go. Uh, you can go in any direction. Uh, yeah. Um. So in Pacific Rim, one of the one of the tropes that that we're borrowing for this story is that the mechs require two pilots, and the the functionality of those pilots hinges upon a sort of, it's very clever in, in, in the movie. I'm not taking credit for this idea, but the, the metaphor of, you know, emotional compatibility and uh, whether that's partnership or familial uh, or, or friends or romance, um, that is the other, besides paralysis and decision, that's the other you know big thing that we're riffing on in this Archie Mecca story is that the gag, you know, has been Archie, is a good match with Betty and a good match with Veronica. So, you know, we are creating a literal doomsday threat reason that he has to decide whom he is a better match with. 
Yeah. Uh, and I, I won't, uh, I won't uh, give away the ending. Yeah. Don't but... spoil it. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. But he finally makes a choice and it's permanent for the rest of the history. It's a permanent choice. Yeah. 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 There you go. And Certainly the for this TV show. Yeah, all of, gosh. I mean, you're starting to sound like my Instagram commenters. I do not have control over. <laughs> do you I get do that? Not, you weigh in. You get to weigh in a little bit. Though, I get. Right? I, you... I get that a little. I get that a little bit because Riverdale has such a you know passionate fan base that they're really looking for. It's like the Velociraptors testing the electric fence. You know, they're looking for the person who can make. Yeah. You know, can you please make these two <laughs> characters kiss? Yeah. And I just I don't have that. I don't have that power. <laughs> uh, now I wanted to ask you about something entirely different just because it's been a while since we've had you on the show and I know this is a while back but uh, in Loki the TV show they used Vote Loki uh, which you had something to do with right? Am I... No that was Hastings No 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 don't worry it happens all the time because Loki was you know for a while Loki only existed in these sort of like four issue pops um, yeah. But I did have a line of dialogue in the Loki show. Mm, hey, okay. that's uh, Richard E. Grant uh, says he's, you know, he's old Loki or King Loki or evil Loki. I'm not really sure what he's what he's uh, designated as. Uh, but that Loki variant who wears the Jack Kirby costume, he has yeah. he has a line of dialogue from our uh, Loki 2019 Oh, nice. uh, a nice. series um, where he declares uh, himself to be the god of outcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is something that uh, something that uh, we played with in our series, which I, I wish would have stuck around, but we didn't make very many Loki comics. <laughs> yeah. uh, we got it. We got a solid five uh, after that. And I think if you read Loki number five, uh, you can you can tell that we made some decisions on how to sort of wrap wrap it up and and hint at a lot of things that would have been would have been coming down the pipe. But um, yeah, no, I love I love the, the the Loki program. I'm so honored to, you know, uh, even indirectly uh, contribute contribute to it. I love that they do the research to get into like a line by line. Like, oh, let's write this line down. I mean, I don't know how it feels as a creator to be like they just took that line and put it on TV. But it, it's everyone's talking about how the creative shifting at Marvel and the corporate machinations and like, are they still going to do the comic book stuff? And it feels like they they were at least recently still doing deep dives i mean again just as i cannot make any two riverdale characters kiss each other i have no idea what happens at marvel studios but um no i I, sorry just to check can you make two marvel characters kiss each other yeah absolutely i can make (laughs) wait let me do the math let me do the math on this uh i can make groot kiss the Hulkbuster armor, but there's nobody. There's nobody in it. Oh, man, no one in it. Wow. Oh, <laughs> what if we put no, Archie? Here's what in I'll it. say. Here's what, Can we get Archie in a, it? Well, yeah. In this in this comic, that is essentially what happens. Uh, <laughs> I will say the Hulkbuster armor has a squirrel in it. Uh, something that does happen in Marvel Snap that makes me laugh every time. <laughs> uh, what else is coming up for you? What else do you want to plug before we let you go? I am doing another Marvel story. I don't know if I'm allowed to say what. Uh, but I, I have a Marvel uh, story coming out. It's uh, 10 pages, so I assume it will be inside of a longer issue of mm-hmm. Marvel of Marvel Comics with other short <laughs> stories in it. Um, I am primarily working on television programs right now, but uh, none of those have been announced yet either. So um, this is kind of the big thing. Everybody go out tomorrow and buy Archie All Action yeah. Number 1. 
because that's that's what I have. Uh, if you want to uh, support the Kibble Smith Enterprises, that's really the way to do it right now. Yeah, exactly. He's trying to get forty nine other state lamps, and he needs trying to complete my wall. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm gonna do go the the full Sufjan and try to get <laughs> lamp shaped play. We all know how well that went for him, so I'm sure you're gonna yeah. be fine. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on. Congratulations on the book. Yeah, it's very fun. And uh, fingers crossed, I do definitely want to see more of it, particularly hey. that Reggie story. It'd be fun. Same, yeah. same. Yeah. If you it's guys enjoy great. this, uh, get in my Instagram comments. Uh, tell me to do things. Uh, no, I uh, do do tell Archie Comics that that you liked this and that you'd love to see uh, me and Ryan uh, do more because boy, does that guy know a lot about mecha anime. And I think that there's a lot of really crazy places that this little sub universe yeah. could go. Awesome. Archie great. flexibility. Great touch mm-hmm. point. Yeah. It's a really malleability. Great malleability. Malleability. There you go. Uh, Daniel, thank you so much for coming on again. Great seeing you. Have a great night. Thanks for having me. Later. There we go. Once again, you can pick that up tomorrow from Archie Comics. That was Daniel Kibblesmith. Great guy. Great to have him gone. Yes. And there are also two other stories in the book. It's great mm-hmm. classic Archie stuff. Like it's definitely um, a package. It's a lot of fun. Picking up. Absolutely. Uh, Justin, was it tough to see him in LA like that? Were you missing it? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, LA's oh. my place. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I don't claim ownership of that town, that stink town. Uh, I'm very happy here in my uh, lawnmower-laden basement here in Brooklyn. New yeah, York. it looks like you're about to turn around and hop on a pogo stick and just hop up. Hop oh, away. now you've given me idea for next week. Let me also <laughs> say, I was in Miami yesterday, and that place is no fun, mm. especially when it comes None? to air travel. Not not oh, okay. well, air travel because no. I was going to say I saw a show uh, that you were a part of that was in Miami and it looked like a blast. We did have some fun down there. We were really no, selling what... it up. This is great. Let's talk more about travel. <laughs> uh, why don't we move on and bring in our next guest? He is the creator of Imposter Syndicate, which is currently yeah. up on Zoop. Ladies and gentlemen, Zoop. Matt D. Wilson. Hello, Matt. Welcome to the show. Hi. How you doing, guys? Hey. Hey. <laughs> I have my own. Can we be sure that this is the real Matt D. Wilson here or some sort of imposter? Is my first hard question. Uh, You will never know for sure. Oh, wow. That's that's fair. We did just Uh, meet you. Well, and also just to mention, uh, and it sounds like you're about to launch into a story and we're wrecking it. We're wrecking whatever bit you were coming in with. Uh, But there's another matt wilson there's matthew wilson who does uh inking is it inking or coloring i always forget coloring and i know that very well because my twitter profile and all my social media profiles and the banner i take to comic conventions all say not the colorist on (laughs) oh man i um i have been to conventions where people have approached me with books that he has colored and I've had to politely be like, that's not me. Oh, and, no. uh, to be fair, if you signed your name, it's pretty much the same. <laughs> right? I I've I will not uh I will not besmirch his books with my signature, but I I don't think anyone's done the same to him with my books. And someone please do that. Someone please take something I've written to colorist Matthew Wilson's table. <laughs> uh, g- give me some some comeuppance on that. The, the problem is he's an extraordinarily nice guy. I've met him at shows, and uh, he's too nice for me to even be mad at. So yeah, it's a real problem. 
And just I mean, to really, check, you, you, you didn't do the time cop thing, right? Where you touch and you turn into like a ball of flesh. Not yet. It, okay. I mean, there's, um, you Still know, time. there there are shows to be had in the future where, yeah, maybe maybe at the bar after a show, mm-hmm. uh, we turn into a ball of flesh, but not yet. Uh, you came in though, and you were going to say something, and we completely cut you off. Yeah, what was that? I was just going to show my. Uh, Chicago L. Oh, <laughs> oh man, poster, which is not where I live. Hmm. Uh, I the poster, the Savannah, Chicago. Man, yeah. everyone yeah. loves the the geography. I guess. It's where, I wait, where are you then? I'm in North Carolina. I'm in Asheville, North Carolina. Oh, a great Carolina. town, Asheville. Yeah, uh, but I used to live in Chicago, so that's that's how I remember it. Mm. <laughs> It's great. All your memories on that uh, on the train. That's a train map, right? It is a train map, an old wow. one from well before I lived there. Uh, but nice. I think about my, when I lived there in the 1930s. <laughs> what a dream! Uh, well, let's talk about Imposter Syndicate, which is not actually about two different Matt Wilsons. It has an entirely different plot. Do you want to give the pitch of the book to folks? Sure. So. I am a longtime reader of comics and watcher of uh, comics animated shows in particular. This mm. is less of a phenomenon in movies because villains who die in movies sometimes stay dead and sometimes just get recast. But in comics and in uh, cartoons, you constantly see supervillains get into situations where it seems like they should be dead and there's always that thing where they don't find the body and the hero says well i don't think we'll be seeing them again because they the the blimp they were on was on fire and it crashed into the bay or they slid into a sewer they're never coming back uh but then they do they always come back yeah, it's like when I finish a, a task and I'm like, well, there's no way I'll ever see that problem again. <laughs> yeah. And then the next day, there it is. The there's no way clothes tra- need to be put back on. The trash will ever fill up again and I'll never. Exactly. Have to take I've defeated but, garbage. Yeah, but uh, the villains always come back and rarely with any explanation as to how they survived the thing that they seem <laughs> to die from. So uh, I had the thought of what if they really did die in those accidents, those situations where they got so injured, they couldn't keep doing the job anymore, or they just got sick of it and quit. But there's some need in the world for these stories to keep happening, for the villains to come back, for superheroing to always go on. And so in imposter syndicate, there is a shadowy organization that is hiring actors to take the roles of supervillains who die or quit. And uh, so our first issue follows uh, the guy at the top there, uh, John, as he is approached by uh, someone from that shadowy organization, a representative of that shadowy organization, to take over the role of the third string supervillain, the Bonobo, (laughs) which is essentially just like a, he just wears like an ape costume and uh, and he goes from there. It's it's the role he couldn't turn down uh, to to be the new Bonobo. 
so that's that's the idea. Supervillains get replaced by actors. I mean, as an actor, I think we can all agree it's uh, you'll take any job. <laughs> well, that was my question, Justin. Uh, do, would you really be that Justin. desperate for that kind of job? You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I think when a job comes over the line, and if you don't currently have a job, I mean, I often say yes to jobs, not just acting, but across any sort of entertainment spectrum. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be complicated and difficult, but I'll, sure, I'll do it. You asked wow. me, right? I say yes. <laughs> Where did the idea for the bonobo come from, other than the fact that monkey-type characters are funny? <laughs> so... I don't think I've made any secret of this and Marvel doesn't have really uh, litigious lawyers, right? That will come after me. <laughs> uh, no, no. no, the, the idea know. for this book is from 20 years ago. I had it in 2003 when uh, Marvel tried to relaunch the Epic line. Mm. And if you remember that relaunch, which was announced in Marvel number six. Wow. Deep Uh, cut. Yeah. Uh, That whole issue was just announcing the Epic lines return. The, the gimmick of the Epic line then was that they were going to take pitches from anyone that they were like, just pitch us your idea. And I was 19 and I thought I got one. I could pitch him a book. And so originally this book was that pitch and the villain, instead of being the bonobo was the gibbon. Mm -hmm. uh, Ah. Uh, And I've always thought that ape based supervillains are funny. And I've always loved second and third string bad guys, A, a hidden gem comic that I would invite anyone to go read is, uh, the spectacular Spider-Man issue with the Legion of Losers, mm-hmm. which included oh, yeah. the Gibbon, the Grizzly, Spot, White Rabbit. Uh, I'm I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody, but um, I've yeah, always no, I remember been, that. Yeah, I've always just been fascinated by those characters and thought they were really funny. And so originally, yeah, the Bonobo was the Gibbon, and uh, when Marvel rejected my idea, which how dare they? Uh, <laughs> well, to be fair, also everybody rejected Marvel, and I believe that took down Marvel for a while. Yeah, well, I, yes, yeah. I, and also I think there were only three epic books that ever got released, and none mm-hmm. of them were submissions from regular readers. Uh, there was a Crimson Dynamo book, and one of the epic books was Trouble, mm-hmm. and Woof. Uh, I don't remember what the third epic book was, but nonetheless. Um, we did we reread Trouble for we did. Stack somebody request? requested it. Yeah, Whew, that book is. I cannot believe that made print. That is I'm, a wild I'm, comic book. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry that that happened. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for taking some credit for it because yeah. you were all mixed up over there then pitching That's this true. book. The That's the pitch true. makes me think of uh, Princess Diaries, the Dread Pirate Roberts, where you know it's like, hey, I'm not actually the Dread Pirate Roberts. It Princess just, Pride. Princess Pride, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look at Pete. What's your top of your mind, Princess Diaries? That's the life you. Have. That's the yeah, life you. After have. the show, every every single week, Pete goes out and he either watches Princess Diaries or Princess Diaries Two Royal Engagement, yep. just one after the other. 
Look, Princess Diaries got a mention on the last episode of Ted Lasso. We're all thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, that 100% You got to wonder it. what Pete is thinking about. Because yeah. Pete has watched that recent episode of Ted Lasso just to scare the live show fans as well. How many times in one week? Uh, I don't know, man. It's 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 too many. It's over Ballpark? 10. Ballpark? That's, that's over, over 10. 10. Yeah, in six days, ten over ten times he's watched a half an hour, well, forty five minutes of television. Wait, hold on. Actually, I want to check on something. Did you just watch that episode, or did you watch the entirety of Ted Lasso up to that episode as well, ten times? Well, I, I've been doing. Uh, I go back and start season three over again and watch That's them all, saying. and then and then I go back and redo the whole thing. Sorry, okay, man. This so is an intervention. Check, when you when you uh-huh. don't text me back, this is what's going on. Yeah, I'm busy. I yeah, got okay. stuff going when, on. Yeah, when Pete, you're like, my time's too precious to record podcasts. You're like, because you're rewatching Ted Lasso for the ninth time. <laughs> Hold on a second. You said you were busy with soccer games all weekend. Were you just watching Ted Lasso? Nope. Is that what no. was happening? This is a no, soccer game. No, no man. I go, I go to game. The, I'm going hard to the soccer games, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. None of this tracks. Sorry, Matt. We were talking about your book. So hey, you finally, I'll after just, all these I'll years. I'll just go get a sandwich. And, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. You guys hash it out. After all of these years, though, you finally got to do the book. What was it like actually getting it down on paper and having it come out of your brain after sitting there? <laughs> well, I got, I, getting it down on paper was the thing that happened a long time ago. Mm-hmm. I, I wrote the script to pitch it to Epic. And uh, obviously... Like I said, when Marvel rejected it, I reworked it into this non-Marvel parody satire kind of thing with legally distinct characters and uh, and kind of building it out into its own world. This and and I sort of played with the idea more as time went on of the idea of a world where like superheroes and supervillains are not only real in the world but also like the biggest form of entertainment in the world, kind of like our own <laughs> yeah. uh, where they're in, they're in movies and TV shows and stage plays and video games. And, you know, they're the, they're the biggest thing in the world. They're the biggest entertainment industry. And so I was thinking about this idea where like actors are always looking for work in superhero media so what if one of these actors got approached to actually be a supervillain, even though they don't know that that's what other supervillains out on the street are, are also actors who have been hired. So uh, yeah, it is sort of, it's, it's sort of like an opposite dread pirate Roberts where he's, he's <laughs> like, I'm not the dread pirate Roberts. Whereas these supervillains want to convince you that they're actually still the last guy. Uh, who who was wearing the costume? Um, so, yeah, it's the 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 writing part I did a long time ago. I've I've tweaked and updated it over time, uh, but the really big part for me has been getting it drawn, finding someone yeah. to do the art for it. Because you know, back when I first created this idea. Um, I didn't have money to pay an artist and I didn't know any artists to ask really. Um, and there weren't as many places to kind of connect with artists as there are now. Um, and then yeah. once I start, got to a point where I could connect with artists, I 
was doing other projects, other stuff was coming up. I was podcasting. I was, you know, there just wasn't time. And then as 20 years after having this idea was creeping up, I was realizing I really got to do this thing. And I had worked with Rodrigo Vargas, who did the art on Imposter Syndicate. We had worked on another book called Everything Will Be Okay. And I thought he was just an amazing fit for it. And the art he's done is so much better than I originally imagined this looking. (laughs) And so that's the part where I'm really like amazed. Like I have a kind of wow moment when I see it turned into this incredible, dynamic, hilarious art. And it's great. I mean, it really does look very great. Like you're saying, the the art is very dynamic for the pages I've seen. Um, what what was it like hooking up with Zoop? What uh, obviously not obviously just to mention for anybody who hasn't taken a look at it, your campaign has been successful, which is awesome. Yeah. You were looking for six thousand. You got over eight thousand now. As of right now, you have nine days left, so there's still plenty of time to pledge for it. But what was it like getting this project on Zoop? What did that do in terms of like spurring it on to completion potentially? Uh, I, well, I, I've done Kickstarters before and mm-hmm. they've helped me get projects out there and, and do things. But the thing about Kickstarter is uh, when you do a project, you're kind of on your own. You, you, right. You wear all the hats. Uh, like I was writer, editor, shipping clerk customer service manager uh warehouse manager because all the books were in my office here of course and and it was just you know you do it all uh when you're doing a kickstarter campaign and you know if if kickstarter was the only thing that was still there i i would still use it to fund you know my next book potentially but once i learned about zoop like Zoop kind of got on my radar pretty early because on War Rocket Ajax, the, uh, my podcast, yeah. we had talked to some creators who had done Zoop projects and and I sort of became aware of them. And I think it was when we were talking to uh, Nick Pitara about Axe Wielder John, which was a Zoop project. Yeah. Uh, he said something to the effect of, you know, they help with some of that stuff the like getting the book printed and doing some of the shipping and, and dealing with, uh, you know, communicating with the customers and all of that kind of stuff. And that really perked up my ears as like, Oh, there's somebody who can help me with those parts. Oh, I need help with those parts. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. Like that's not my forte. I'm, I'm not, you know, I, I want to do the creative stuff. I don't really want to do the kind of logistical stuff. And so once I heard about that, um, I was like, okay, the next one I'm doing is, is a zoo project. And, uh, and yeah, I just, once we got to the point, we were like, we're ready to do this. Let's do this. Uh, I, I got in touch and we were off to the races. That's great. Um, I just want to drop in. You, you, obviously, we've talked about the book and pitched it, but your tonal comparisons here, I think, are really good. Um, for fans of superhero satires like The Tick uh, that make celebrity culture with superheroes like Ecstatics. Yeah. I feel like that's such a fun zone to be in uh, on both sides. Two of my favorite 
superhero pieces of media ever made. Uh, like the tick will always, anytime I think about superheroes, the tick's going to influence me in some way or another. And uh, like in the first issue of imposter syndicate, the, the superhero and supervillain you see are kind of like clear analogs uh, for, for Marvel characters. But then when we get into the second issue, they're more like tick style, satirical, funny characters. And uh, I want to do more of that. Like that's, that's the kind of stuff I've always liked. And I've always kind of liked the superhero media that uh, takes the piss out of superheroes a little bit. Uh, yeah. That, that, that sends up the tropes. And, uh, and yeah, so, so those, are, those are two key kind of waypoints for me. For yeah. sure. Uh, in terms of the Zoop campaign, and we ask this every time, but I always find it interesting in terms of like bonuses and things like that. Um, what what other than the book can people get if they pledge? Well, some of the rewards are already gone. Uh, the oh, success, um, yeah. Uh, the 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 bigger commission by Rodrigo, you can't mm-hmm. get that anymore. But there's still a smaller size commission that you can get mm-hmm. as an add on, and I would highly recommend it. Rodrigo's commissions are so good. Uh, yeah. and I'm lucky to have a couple, uh, because I know him a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh good. yeah. Um, but, uh, there's that, um, there's still a couple of spots to get actually drawn into the comic as a background mm. character, uh, yeah. which nice. I think is a super cool reward that people yeah, can get. Definitely. Um, there are retailer bundles. I think all the bundles where you get additional books have been claimed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, 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 there were bundles where you could get uh, some of my King Oblivion supervillain how-to books. Yeah. And uh, there was one or two that had uh, Everything Will Be Okay books included. But yeah, those I think are, those are... They're gone, are yeah. Like, yeah, I'm looking but, at the page now, and it's yeah. you've you've got a lot of people on board here who are craving those uh, extras. <laughs> uh, awesome, Matt. Listen, this project is great. Congratulations on all the success. You mentioned it a little bit, but you also do a great uh, podcast called Bore Rocket Ajax. Where can people check that out? Wherever you can get podcasts, I assume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's it, it's in all those places. Uh, go on your Spotify and Apple podcasts and Google podcasts and Stitcher. And I list these off sometimes on the show and I, I'm done now. Um, but you could go to <laughs> Rocket Ajax on any of those, or you could just go to, uh, warrocketajax.com and it has every episode we've ever done, which is like 700 something now. Yeah, this this comic book culture <laughs> podcasting really starts to expand once you start turning on the mics. Am I right? Look, we can really get into it. Obviously, it's a contemporaries moment. Yeah, that's right. We talk. We'll talk shop. Exactly. Yeah, we're talking shop. Uh, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate it. Congratulations yeah, on the, the project. Is great, and, uh, I can't wait to see the finished book. It's going to be so cool. I uh, hope. It is in people's hands very soon. And I thank all you guys for uh, having me on. It was it was great to be here. Awesome. Cool. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for telling, I love Matt. your coloring, by the way. I love the coloring that you do. Really great color. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Goodbye. I'll, I'll just take credit for it. Okay. <laughs> right. Enjoy the elevated train uh, a generation <laughs> ago. 
All right, there we go. Once again, the project is called Imposter Syndicate. It is up on Zoop now, and it really is great. It's a gorgeous book. It's a very fun book for the pages. Yeah, it I've really is as well. It's really so good. Yeah, definitely great. The out. art's a great blend of superhero, but with the fun side of it, uh, as we're talking about with the sat- superhero great. satire, like it's really great. And now we are going to move on with our next section, which is my favorite section because you all make it up. It is your audience questions. Woo-hoo! Yay, cute! You for audience questions is drop a question in the comments and we will get you my favorite but in the meantime while we're waiting for that guys uh, now I'll mention Stray Bullet our chef is sadly under the weather this week um, so get a great idea for a cocktail they dropped here in the comments I'm going to see if I can find it um, not to put too much pressure on it because uh, basically, he said that he was going to, for Imposter Syndicate, make a margarita that was actually a daiquiri. Was that the idea? Ah, yes, I love that. An imposter cocktail. So cool. It's great. But we're drinking regular cocktails, I guess. I'll mention I am drinking a Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA right now. Very nice. good. Very intense. Heavy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I got that Genesee Springbok, Genesee, a beer at Wegmans that you can get. Wegmalandos, <laughs> I was there today. Uh, they got them in Baltimore, and I'm drinking a Zadie, speaking of Baltimore. Nice. You got the, I got the local upstate beer. You got the local Baltimore beer. Alex is drinking like a, a, a caramel kind of uh, or, uh, yeah, candy caramel. bar. I'm drinking some caramel. <laughs> Uh, well, cool. Let's see if we got any questions here. Um, here we go. We got one from Nan Card. Pete, what's your favorite part of the Princess Diaries? Oh, God. yeah, I already spoke on this, and you know, I said it was Princess Bride. But you've seen the Princess Diaries. You've talked about it before. No, I've never seen the Princess Diaries. So. I'm pretty sure you've spoken on the Princess Diaries as a rom com. It's part of the rom com beat. Wait, I'm sorry. You've never seen the Princess Diaries, Pete? Uh, no, no, I have not. What are you doing? I was watching, I was watching all of the princess switches. You know, I, you got to commit oh, to princess one team. Switch or, is what uh, you yeah, I've seen the Princess Switch. I've seen all of those. They're fantastic. You know, but I haven't seen Princess uh, Diaries. That seems insane to me. Like, just knowing you for this long, but you haven't seen, <laughs> like, a foundational Rob Cobb is very weird. Well, I also think, are, are you, like, you only have room for one princess-themed rom-com at a time? Well, obviously that's not switch. true because Princess Bride is my go-to. You know what I mean? Yeah. So... Pete, do you think, and I know the answer is going to be no, but do you think, uh, I was going to say, do you have room for skipping three episodes of Ted Lasso in your rewatch? But frankly, with the length the episodes are this season, skipping two episodes of Ted Lasso in your rewatch, and just watch The Princess Diaries. Anne Hathaway is in it. Julie Andrews. It's very charming. You should, you'll love it. You're watching a, like Avatar Way of Water length episode, Ted Lasso sesh. All right, I'll check it out. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we've really if connected If it sucks, here though, today. I'm going to be pretty pissed off. Oh, my God. It doesn't suck. All right, here we go. This is from Derek Maynard. Voltron or Power Rangers? 
Great question. Uh, and that's a tough call because I would, I would normally say Voltron, but not super rewatchable. I don't think Voltron. It felt like the Voltron was more of my childhood. Uh, yes, but Power Rangers. Uh, I've been enjoying the comic books lately. So, uh, yeah, I used to watch a lot of Power Rangers. We would come home from like uh, classes in college, sit down, open a beer, and watch uh, Power Rangers, Mystic Knights of Tiernanog, which is the Power Rangers ripoff, and then two episodes of The Nanny. And that's how we would start our night. <laughs> wow. You started hard. Dude. Whoa. We go hard. We would be start that at like four o'clock. It was like happy hour. This is a little bit of a side note, uh, but he, I interviewed Daniel Davis, who played the butler on The Nanny recently. <laughs> He's on. He's uh, great. Yeah. He He's plays great. Moriarty on Star Trek. And he yes, showed up course. in Star Trek of Picard. Course. Yeah. Like he showed up again. So they offered, this is way too much information, but like most of the stuff they've been offering up as interviews is like, do you want to talk to Jonathan Frakes about playing Riker? Do you want to talk to Brad Spider about playing Data? And they were like, uh, this week we have Daniel Davis. And he's literally like, I don't even think he says two lines the entire episode. So he shows up and he's like, I'm Moriarty. And then chases them around some hallways. And I was like, oh my God, this is going to be the worst. I don't know what I'm going to ask him. Ended up talking for like 15 solid minutes. Probably could have talked for more. Totally charming, wonderful man. It was great. Well, and he seems like an actor who like really works, really does stuff. Because like the Moriarty episodes of Next Generation are legit top tier Next Generation yeah. episodes. So I'm here for him. And I've seen every episode of The Nanny many, many times. <laughs> it's sort of my princess diaries. You know what I mean? Excellent, excellent. Uh, here we go. This is from Easy Reader. Hey guys, when you guy, when are you guys? When are you going to come out with your own comic book? Wow, That's a great That's... idea. Yeah, I mean, what would it be like us in comic book form, or mm-hmm. would we write some kind of comic? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> It'd be fun. Either well, way. We're, we're great at agreeing. And we're yeah. all talented at, in so many different ways. Like, I know, Pete, you're a great letterer. Mm-hmm. And I'm a great letterer. And Alex is a great letterer. So. Right. So we got that covered. <laughs> so we're really, really good on the letter. Uh, I'm also good at answering letters, which is a related skill to being a letterer. So we we got the letter Ooh, page and the letters in the book done. We just need to figure the out the rest of it. Yeah, story, um, art, and... Uh, that comes, that comes. You just start premise. filling in the letters and you see where you get to. I mean, Alex has made some comics. Um, I have uh, sort of done a little bit of that, but never really committed to it. I would love to. I think if we could collaborate on that, we'd really have something. Yeah. Pete, you're up for it, right? Or are you busy watching Princess Diaries? I would set aside time for comics. Oh, wow. Okay. That's a commitment. That's a commitment, Easy Reader. Okay. We got a very specific city question here from Jolene. How come Marvel 616 doesn't really have stories focusing on Chicago or Baltimore or Philadelphia? I think the big reason is nobody interesting lives there. Oh, come on, dude. Shot fired. Oh, that's weird. We lost all of our listeners. Yeah. Yeah. So strange. I mean, I agree. I I think, I do think that a lot of I agree with it's weird that there aren't uh, comics and stories that happen in other cities. But um, what comic was it? Oh, it's the. the the Joker comic that came out today where the Joker's in L.A. And they spend oh, a lot yeah. of the issue being like, well, there are no heroes in L.A. 
there why would there be a hero in LA? And it's like I feel like so much of comics that take place in other cities that aren't New York really say like, well, you know, it's weird that we're here, but we're going to find some crime. I'm like, yo, there's crime everywhere. I think everyone's (laughs) just a little self-conscious when they set their character. It's well, it's legitimately like even without the cities or anything, anytime a hero goes outside of New York, they're like, well, here we are on the wide open countryside, nothing but fields of grain as far as you can see. And it's like, there's a lot more than that. There's a lot of different things. And I, I do, there are, Julian Lou here is Beetle asking specifically about Texas. Marvel 616. It was great. The, yeah. the 52, the 52, 50 state initiative that they did, the Avengers yep. initiative thing. That was great because they really tried to reflect everything. Ultimately, they backed away from that. Um, but that at least had some stuff in different cities. You have Great Lakes Avengers. Obviously, that's a goof, but they at least tried to do that in different ways sometimes. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think the short, the legitimate, honest answer is, uh, which is weird, like the large majority of comic book writers don't necessarily live in big cities, but I think they're so focused on Marvel characters are in New York that when they try to set it anywhere else, it just becomes a wash. I don't know if that's because of the editors wiping off the edges. That's probably the wrong, you know, expression, but like there's something about it where it's just even, I'm thinking about like alpha flight where often it doesn't become specifically Canadian. It's just like, canadian tropes you know yeah it gestures toward it and i think you're right like because the comic book industry was so focused on new york for so long that became the default and the sort of expected place um but i i i would love it's to also see... where the offices were for both dc and marvel yeah. you know? mm-hmm. so the the writers were uh intimately familiar with that but not anything else but even like superman you you see him in metropolis and then smallville I want to see him getting in through the suburbs. Surely there are suburbs around Metropolis that he must travel through, fly over, drive past. Let's see. Do you know what? I know we give this big ups all the time. This is Marvel, but I feel like the massive verse stuff, that seems like a discussion that they probably had of like, let's set this in other cities. Let's have this in other places and make every place distinct. Well, I think a sense of place is a... More and more writers are doing that. And one of my favorite comics did this super well. Starman made Opal City mm-hmm. like a big part of the story. And that just made it was great world building. And it didn't feel weird that the, the most of the stories took place there. Totally. Um, this is from the big. Hi, guys. I was wondering if you knew anything new about how Donnie Cates is doing. Hmm. I don't know anything about that. Is Donnie Cates not doing OK? I, I haven't heard anything either. I, I've noticed that it seems like um, there's less Donny Cates comic books uh, on the market right now, but I just assumed he had so many coming out and maybe was um, just sort of resetting and, and writing more stuff, but I had, haven't heard anything. Yeah, I don't know if anybody uh, has any information about that, I guess, but isn't he starting a new run on, oh gosh, he's Doctor Strange, I think. Am I wrong about that? Or... There's some main Marvel title that he hasn't done before that he's supposed to be going on. Uh, also, he has Vanish, which is coming out from Image, yep. which is like this very intense, uh, uh, like a classic Image comic style title. But I don't know if anybody knows anything. I'm, or the big, maybe you're just asking that in a way where you're like, what's up with his comics? I don't know. 
There we go. Uh, this is from Easy Reader. Are there any video game comics you like? Ooh. Um, well, I mean, the um, uh, what was the one, Alex, that you you loved? The DC, uh, the Batman um, book. Oh, the Batman uh, Fortnite book. Fortnite. Yep. The Fortnite that was book. awesome. It really that was, was so good. It was so much um, fun. Yeah, that if anybody did check that out, because you were like, ah, Fortnite, I don't care about it. It was a mostly silent story of Batman and Catwoman thrown into the Fortnite universe, not remembering who each other were and continually working their way back to each other. And it just got wilder and crazier from there. Um, I'll tell you, the same creative team did a Marvel version of it, and it was a little more just like superhero mashup and sort of what I expected. Totally fine, but doesn't meet up to the DC Fortnite one, which was great. I feel like it took some swings in that DC book and a little bit less so in the Marvel one, maybe. Yeah. Uh, here is one right in your wheelhouse, Justin. This is from Derek Mainhart, the nanny or who's the boss? Who is the boss? Great question. I got to go nanny. Come on. No, nanny, the nanny was Samantha. everything was so simple and focused. Like, I agree. Tony Danza, he the way he says all of those the women's dance? names. I mean, come on. But describe another point of that show besides him saying Samantha, Mona. Like, what's the what else is what else happens in that episode? You know, that, they all that, have that difficult, complicated lives and they go through the trials and tribulations. And, you know, that's every like, television like a program. little window into their lives. There are plots and dialogue and characters, all of those things. I'm going to say the nanny on the theme song alone. See you later. Oh, Woo. that's how she became the nanny. Yeah, because of my best friend, Daniel Davis, I'm going to have to go with the nanny as well. This is, I think we got one more here. This is from Felix Rob. I picked up Everything Sucks this week. Have any of you all seen that comic? I have not, but I'm instantly intrigued. I feel like we've talked about that, though. Have we? No? We've talked about a lot of comic books. Well, we have. Yeah. I think so we it's have. it's entirely about possible. Justin, you're our researcher. You check it out. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. digging in. Uh I think, or maybe I just saw saw this being promoted. Um, I I thought that I liked the look of the art uh, when I saw the ad for it. Is what I must be thinking of. I, I I'm definitely this. I would pick this up. Um, it's very cartoony, right. almost. Felix, like, do you recommend it? Should we check it out? Super dope, apparently. Oh, super dope refers to real gamer hours that came out this week. All right, well, let's check out this stuff. I'll always love a good recommendation. Yeah, thanks, Felix. Yeah. Awesome. All right. And that is it for your audience questions. Yeah. Sorry. No time is... for your robot questions, Stray. You can save that for once you're under the thumb of your robot overlords. Yes. We are going to move on to our next section, which is trivia. And for that, I'm going to turn it over to Pete LePage. Pete LePage. Right. A lovely audience. It's an opportunity to win $25 free dollars online to Midtown Comics. Uh, people have been nice enough to uh, help out with gift cards. So, yeah, um, let's freaking do it. Uh, do we have somebody? Is it? We uh, do. We have. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to ruin it too much. But just we have a normal guest. Spat oh! is here. Spat. Hi, Spat. Oh my Hi, Spat. Spat. 
Uh, for anybody who's just listening to the show, it is a cat puppet that is unrelated to anybody that we know who semi-regularly comes onto the show and asks us very difficult questions about comic yeah. book continuity. I, I, I just want to take a moment here and just say that somehow I'm psychic. Um, I you know wrote this hours and hours uh, ahead of time, not knowing that this was happens, but uh, it seems like the stars lined up for this one. So this is exciting. All right, uh, today's trivia is on topical comic news and the small nod to the legend Paul Grant, R.I.P. Please listen to all three options before making your selection. Here we go. Question number one, Spats. Uh, what Marvel event is spreading into July and August? Is it A, the Summer of Symbiotes, B, Horrible Drinking Buddy, or C, Dickie Beer? So it's either A, which makes sense, and the only one that could it could possibly be spats, or what do you think? I think I'm going to go with choice A. You are correct. The summer symbiotes should be a heck of a summer. Marvel's uh, going hard on the symbiote stuff, so it uh, should be interesting. should be pretty fun. Here we go. Very Question well number two. Spats. Uh, who has been added to Batman 2? Is it A, Clayface, B, Justin's mom's face, or C, Warwick Davis? <laughs> you know Justin's uh, mom listens to this, right? Yeah, she's going to hear right. you say that, Pete. Huh? Yeah, yeah, just a shout mom, out. Mom, let me let me mom. apologize personally for this I'm... this maniac. Not just what he just said, but just in general. I'm just a kitten. I don't know who any of those are. But I'm going to go with A. Oh, wow. Well, for a kitten, you're pretty smart. Nice job. Two for two. Here we go. Last one. Netflix Netflix announced a new anime series based off a graphic novel which was written and drawn by blank. Is it A, Brian Lee O'Malley, B, Kevin Has Too Many Puppets, or C, Billy D. Williams? Mm. Wow. I'm going to go... With A again. Yeah, nice job, Brian Lee O'Malley. Yeah, Scott Pilgrim wow. is going to be turned wow. into anime. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, you're the smartest kitten I know, Spats. Well, thank you. You're the smartest human I know. Uh, well, cool. Spats, <laughs> you wanted to donate your $25 to charity or something like that? Was that correct or did I get that wrong? <laughs> I'm going to say, since he put his hand up first, my prize should go to Easy Reader in the audience. No, we're going to have Easy Reader come back next week and do it. I assume Easy Reader is some sort of moose or something. You know what, Spats? We'll figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry about it. We'll email about it. Thank you, Spats, so much. Spats just smoked some catnip. Yeah. Nice. All right. Enjoy 420 spats. We'll see you later. Goodbye. All right. Bye, there we spats. go. <laughs> Amazing. And uh, I'm sure if Kevin was here, he would have said uh, the 1983 uh, monster hit Return of the Jedi. So, oh, what's that about? Uh, it's about a Jedi returning. Uh, so oh. pretty, pretty interesting stuff. I'll check it out at some point. Oh, it's not like when people like return, like I don't need this. I, I'm going to return it for them. I want yeah, my here's money. your Jedi. No, yeah, so, they're not returning a Jedi. Can I get a, somebody can I get a full refund for this? With, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
No, this Jedi kid made out with his sister. Can I return this? Book? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, as we all know, new comic books are coming out all the time. What are you looking? We do forward know that. To, Pete. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm looking forward to uh, the Joker, the Man Who Stopped Laughing, number seven. I was wow, really blown yes. away by this issue. Not only the art, but uh, I'm really having a great time with this story. And then Fables, number one fifty eight. Uh, it's just it feels so good to have fables back and back uh, at the level that it was. So I'm having a blast. Justin, what about you? Great picks. Um, I want to shout out. I've been really enjoying this amazing Spider-Man run that Zeb Wells has been doing. Uh, John Romita on Junior on art, and it's the pace has picked up so much. Uh, the the story was being a little bit coy about what happened with Spider-Man with Peter Parker and Mary Jane, and we're getting it. And I feel like everything's just moving so fast right now. So I'm really enjoying that. And I also wanted to shout out Batman 134, the backup that Chip Zdarsky did in this issue. I loved and it's out right now. Definitely worth the pickup. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. Talking about that issue in the stack with you. JT says, I I too, am looking forward. That's another podcast that we do. And what a Mm -hmm. great, great way to catch up with us. Huh? More free rollicking free form way. So a couple of things that I'm interested to check out. Dan Slot has been hyping up Spider-Man number seven quite a bit online. So I'm very curious yeah. to check that one out, see what's going on. We kind of know what the big spoiler is, but curious to see what's going to happen anyway. And the other one that I'll mention is Love Everlasting number six from Image Comics, an absolutely wild book by Tom King and Elsa Charidier. This They basically broke the formula last issue to reveal a lot of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes and what has been happening with her romance heroine. So very curious to see how they pick up on all of that. And folks, that is it for this week's show. Yeah. A couple of people we want to thank. We want to thank Matt D. Wilson for coming on and talking about Zoop's Imposter Syndicate. Also, Daniel Kibblesmith for Archie Comics' Archie Super Mecha Teens. This week's show is sponsored by our good friend Juan Espinosa, the man behind Bearded Man Comics. The goal of the company is to create stories showcasing Hispanic cultures, and they've got two great titles, Adventures of a System Admin and Mythology Stories. The comics are available at all major digital platforms, such as Amazon, Apple Books, Comic Central, and Library Pass. You can also find the physical copies in a great amount of merchandise at the main website beardedmancomics.com next week on the show we're gonna have two guests here kurt pyers is gonna be here once again to talk about image comics indigo children and also dan didio is going to be here to talk about his new book and catch up on the all the times we chatted with him in his office so we'll see yeah. <laughs> couple other podcasts Let's you can it. check out sons of a gun our dc podcast is running every week with recaps and rewatches for the dc universe marvel vision our marvel podcast we're rolling out news updates every week riverdale after dark our riverdale podcast is back patreon.com slash comic book club to support this show and all the shows we do don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice, at Comic Book Live on Twitter, Comic Book Club Live on Instagram or TikTok, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, good night. Good night, folks. Take care.